September 3rd, 2021. This is Ablecraft, Episode 7. I'm Abel Kirby. And I'm Sir Spencer. All right. We're coming in with the podcasting 2.0 ancillary news. Coming up with as many funny words as we can. Extra words no one ever uses. Uh, it's like a SAT day. Yeah, that's uh, the word of the day day. Man, I, uh, we're recording a day late. Usually we do this on Thursday, but it seemed like it was working better just to do this on Friday. I had some stuff I was trying to get get through first. I know you had some things too. So it just worked out to be on Friday. So. Yeah, called some uh, audibles. Yep. We had, uh, you caught some audibles? Called some, yeah, called some. Called, called some, some audibles. Yeah. Uh, we had the new Podcasting 2.0 episode came out. Uh, there wasn't one uh, last week, unfortunately. And so I was worried worried we weren't going to be able to talk about anything. But then we delayed a day, and now we have their new episode came out. uh, We just followed their trends. Yeah, that's what we do. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we, they followed our trend because we took a week off, and then they took a week off, so. Yeah, that's true. We are the leaders here. Let's just be clear about that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Podcasting 2.0 had their episode out with this uh, guy, Okin, um, and I haven't finished... I haven't finished his interview yet. I'm, I think, an hour into the episode. I was listening to it. I was uh, running errands uh, this afternoon. But uh, very interesting guest. He's uh, talking about the adoption of Bitcoin in Namibia, I think is how it was, how it was said, an African country. And he's a very interesting guy. Very, uh, he's funny, too. Uh, he describes things as very matter-of-fact. Uh, let me say that. There's a lot of frank language in this interview. Is that the guy that does the uh, From the Jump podcast? He does From the Jump. Have you have you heard of him before this show? Yeah, yeah. He's one of the guys that's more active in in Sphinx. So that's how I'm kind of came across his stuff. Yeah, I'll have to. Uh, my podcast listening uh, queue is kind of jammed up because I had a crazy week and yeah. I had to had to run around fixing a bunch of things in my life. I I have to prioritize my podcast listening now if I want to make it work. Because now that I don't have the structures I used to have in my uh, my day-to-day routine, I'm finding that a lot of the things I used to do all the time, they're just uh, going by the wayside unless I make make them a priority. So we'll see. I, I'm going to get better at it. I'm learning. It's The build-your-own-structure thing is a definite challenge. Oh, man. Uh, well, we had a couple things in the podcasting 2.0. Some people do have some apparently pretty good structure in their lives. Alex Gates, for one, because uh, he keeps cranking stuff out. Uh, oh, that guy's a wizard. Yeah, so he had, along with Brian of London, um, put out their Podping Hive Rider version 1 alpha uh, announced on podcast uh, index.social. And that's their, you know, command line uh, kind of thing. And I guess it's being wrapped up into a Docker uh, file that you could deploy, but I don't use Docker, so I don't know much about that. Sounds like it's pretty... Uh, pretty cool way to do this i mean it's called pod ping cli so i presume it's a command line sort of thing i haven't been able to to download it and run it last i looked at their page was right when he tooted about it and the documentation wasn't up there yet or at least it, it was very uh, kind of the skeleton of a documentation so i said i'll, g- I'll give it some time i, I don't want to figure it out without a guide so this is why they say not to put your toots before the uh, docs yeah uh let's see we also had I, I picked up a tip, though, from Phoneboy, our friend Phoneboy, on No Agenda Social. And it was a discussion about how you trigger 
podcast index to update your podcast, what's the appropriate way? And we know the uh, ideal way is with this Hive system, with the PodPing system. Right. But there's also uh, some feature which I think I knew about, I heard about it, but I didn't, mm, I didn't internalize it. Uh, I think when Dave was talking about it on the podcast, maybe mid last year, I, I forget when this came out, but there is a way that you can manually force a feed to update on podcast index, which is with this hub.podcastindex.org slash pub notify URL. Uh, and I won't put the link in because when people will click it, it'll just keep going <laughs> and <laughs> refreshing our podcast. Uh, but it has, what you can do is put your podcast ID number. If you know what it is in the podcast index database in the uh, ID equals parameter there and pass it to it and send the get request. And it just forces it to refresh on the next, uh, the next time it, uh, Polls feeds and I I tested it with some of the demo uh, work I was doing and it was updating in seconds. It was great. Nice. Yeah. So is that is that sort of like a web subish uh, solution? It's what you do is you just go to that URL. Is the way I would explain it. Uh, I think it's a GET request, but what you can do is in a browser you just type in the URL and when you go to it by going to the page, it causes the database to tag whatever that podcast id is mm-hmm. it goes and sets a flag in the database that's uh i think it's the update immediately tag or, or flag is what it's called and if you actually go through and read the source code for how podcast index works in their aggregator uh which i i've done a couple times now uh we'll get to that uh why i was back in there uh in a minute but it pulls those out first it's usually pulling i think it pulls 300 podcasts at a time chunks out all the RSS, updates the database, and then writes everything if ah. it's changed. And then it pulls up the next 300. But what it always does is it, it uh, prioritizes anything that's marked uh, to update immediately. So cool. That's a way that you can cause any podcast to update immediately. In fact, I was looking at a, uh, a show that I wanted to clip, I think, for... Uh, oh, God, what was it? Was it for Rare Encounter? No, I was trying to, I was trying to come up with something. I can't remember what it was. But the show hadn't updated yet. It was just posted, and it, it didn't automatically update. So I was able to do a pub notify for someone else's program just because I wanted to see it. So there's really Get no control. To, yeah. Have an exit strategy help desk there. <laughs> people who, where's my podcast? The middleman. We'll, we'll oh, be you the know what? Man. Uh, I'll take care of that for you. Yeah. 50 cents. 500 Satoshis, you know. It's, uh, I'll update your podcast now. Right. Just juice my node, baby. Juice my node. Uh, there's a little bit, this was, uh, I thought we were going to get the, the scoop on this one, uh, but they brought it up on No Agenda, which was this Tascam, Tascam uh, Mixcast uh, recording console. This was floating around, some references that kept showing up. And it's another podcast, uh, podcaster pro kind of thing. Uh, put the picture in the notes if you have the notes page up. Yeah, it does look pretty. It's got the same kind of features. it got those eight colored buttons. The colors of the buttons are... Very nearly identical. I'm looking back and forth on my desk. They look like they're identical, except maybe the red. I think there's a there's an extra red on the mm. uh, the road version, or a deeper color red on the road version. But yeah, it's basically the same thing. I think kind of looks like uh, my Behringer USB soundboard and my Machine Mark III had a baby and made this thing. Yeah, one of the things that got me is the slider order. Now, if they wanted to go a little bit out of the way to uh, to say, hey, we didn't just rip off the other guy. 
they could have said, you know, so there's slider one, two, three, four. Okay, it makes sense for those faders to be all on the left. But then they have the USB phone and Bluetooth slide uh, faders. Oh yeah, they're in the exact same order as the Roadcaster. So it's like, oh come on, you could have sw- mixed them up just to <laughs> just to pretend that you weren't just copying it. But I don't know. That's I suppose that's good because. If I ever switch to that device, I'll know where all the faders are instinctively. You know, I'm trained on it, so. Yeah. But overall, it looks kind of cool. I'd, I'd be interested to see what, a, what it does. And uh, the thing that we said on our show, um, I tooted it at Adam and uh, I think James Cridland about it. I said, you know what it's missing? It's missing a full node built in. No doubt. That's what it really should have in there. Yeah. Um. That's all I saw in podcasting 2.0. Well, I heard, see, I haven't, I haven't been able to listen. I'm very excited to listen to this one, but I heard that there was, um, mention of episode level tags for the value tag. Yeah. There's uh, starting to roll out in CurioCaster. Yeah. So the value tag standard, uh, I guess I shouldn't say standard. It's been formalized. The description of it is formalized and I haven't reread what it is. Uh, the way I've been doing value text, I've just been copy-pasting uh, the format from other people, but I need to go see what all the details are now and uh, see what can be done. The episode-level one sounds pretty straightforward, especially because, well, it's going to feed into some of the Bobcat Index stuff that we've been working on. Yep. Or I suppose I've been working on it. I've been doing all the coding on it. <laughs> the, um, the software is working. Awesome. The Bobcat awesome feeder. Here. Yeah, I actually got it working. Getting so it's a Bobcats fed. Yeah, feeding those Bobcats. I got a desktop application. You pop it open. You can grab all the MP3 files from an album. Uh, it does. And I was doing this last week. It pulls in all the uh, pulls in all of the metadata, populates everything. It adds in the value tags as you describe them. Uh, there's still a little bit of... there's still a little bit of work that has to go on under the hood to make that, you know, ready for prime time. But right now it just pulls in value, the whatever I put in and uh, spits out an XML file. It also incorporates the album art tag. So if you have your album art.jpg or if you grab a, uh, you know, any JPEG file, you know, you can associate that file name with it. And all I did was I ran it through, I made my RSS and then I uploaded it to some static hosting and Submitted it um, as a feed, and it went straight through. Cool. So I was doing testing with that. I put up a uh, two-song EP. It's some old stuff I demos I recorded a couple of years ago, just for test purposes. And, you know, I can stream value to myself. I can now, it'd be nice if other people stream value to me, but <laughs> uh, it worked. I started testing it in PodFriend. It worked just fine. Cool. Podcastindex.com. Um or .org, I should say. And every podcast app that I tried it in, and all the Podcast 2.0 apps just picked it up right away. Beautiful. So I think we got a, a working product. It's not... Mm, I'm going to put it up as alpha. As cool, it's, yeah. it's still not on uh, GitHub. There's, like I said, there's a couple more things I want to do to make sure it's uh, not a complete mess when you launch it. Uh, there's sure. A couple, there's a couple controls that are, are not exposed in the GUI yet that you need to... I need to put up there. Gotcha. It's just some behind-the-scenes stuff. But overall, yeah, I was really happy with how that's coming along. That's great. Bobcat Feeder. And so with this piece of software, what you could do is if you have a demo or if you have an album or a song uh, that you want to put out 
on the internet. You don't need to upload it to Spotify or to Bandcamp or to SoundCloud. You can self-host it and get it in the index. That's awesome. With the medium tag, and then all you have to do is tell your friends, look for my album name or look for my band name on any podcast player. Presumably in the future we have some kind of music player or a podcast player that supports music a little better than they do now. And some uh, kind of a filtration method. Yeah. That only looks for that type of medium. I think what it needs to do differently is um, give you a list of artists. So when I open up my music player, and this goes back to when I had my iPod fifth generation, what okay. I want to do is I want to turn it on and I want the first screen to, to be, here's a list of all the artists because that's how I select music. I know some people want albums, they want genres or something. I always want artists first. And okay. so I, I spin my click wheel around, click, 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 click. I pick the artist I want, and then I pick the album I want. And usually I start at the first song because I'm into album-oriented stuff, you know? Sure. Uh, it doesn't have to be that way. That's just the way I see it because that's what I like. I prefer it that way as well, but... That experience doesn't exist inside a podcast, podcast app. Um, right. It, a lot of them like to have that grid of shows where it's basically like you'd see a grid of album art or the cover art or the icons for all these different shows and then you'd end up having music right up next to uh npr you know it's not ideal so we're we're someone has to come up with that better user experience uh i don't know maybe that's us maybe that's cotton shit i don't know does he still listen to this maybe the medium tag the medium tag is gonna have an endpoint uh sometime soon in the index so once that's there you'll be able to make a call using your dev API keys to say, hey, just give me podcasts that have the medium tag set to music. And you'll get a list of things that are ostensibly just music. They're just albums. And so you can use that to fill up, you know, when you turn that app on. And you, the thing I want to see is the list of artists. You know, that's how you populate that list. You can go get, get a bunch of calls to the podcast index, cache those, and if there's a, you suspect your user is going to want to listen to all these songs, you can download a uh, download them ahead of time. You don't have to stream them. Uh, gotcha. Cash them just like uh, just like a podcast. Uh, sure. Does. So. Yeah, that yeah, was that's, uh, that's awesome. That was fun. Um, th- <laughs> some notes I about the that, debugging. Uh, I don't want to talk about that really. Oh, debugging. Unless you want to hear about it. That that can get. Uh, I can get all haywire. Yeah, there were only a couple of problems I had when I was uploading the the first test feeds, and one was this one was really dumb. I, I put my dunce cap on to say this, but in the top level uh, RSS document, uh, in the XML document, I should say, I had the first element in there supposed to be RSS. That's lowercase r, lowercase s, lowercase s, and I capital RSS said it was not being parsed by anything. That no. no one would have it. And so for the first two hours of testing this out, it, it's, oh, it's, it recognizes there's a feed there. It says there's a podcast, but it won't populate the title. It won't populate <laughs> this. And so I'm, I'm overthinking it. I'm looking at yeah. what's the file encoding. Did I, I wanted UTF-8. Did it give me something else? <laughs> uh, what are, you know, how do I ensure that it's, that it's uh, writing the feed out? And then I, I convinced myself for a, for a minute I was spelling channel wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. I kept looking back at the dictionary. He says, no, I'm spelling it right. You look at it you too know, many times yeah, for too yeah. long. You say, was that an E or an A? Now I don't, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> so, no, it was just a capitalization thing. And I was, like I said, I was going through like partytime.js, which is the, 
that's the uh, parser code for podcast index. I'm looking yeah. at does it requ- is the reason the title doesn't go in because it's looking for iTunes title? Is there a bug in the podcast index where it doesn't recognize me if I don't use the iTunes namespace? And you know, it's it was just a nightmare for uh, of confusion for uh, like two hours there. I had no clue what was wrong. Everything looked like it should work, but it didn't. You know, yep. oh, it's cat, lowercase RSS. Lowercase RSS. Dang. Oh, uh, there you go. It's just those stupid things that get you caught up. That's that's the uh, that's the beauty of coding right there. Yep. Searching, searching for an asterisk, searching for something, (laughs) a little tiny error. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I was excited about the uh, item level value tag because that's got implications for um, the show we do, um, Misinformed Nation. Yeah. uh, Because the the hosts and the cast kind of rotate throughout, and so there's no fair way to do a top level value split or value tag on that. But in our world with the music uh, situation, I think it'd be really awesome to have, you know, a featured artist be able to negotiate a split on a certain, on a single track and a single track, you could have a split for a featured artist or for a producer or for, you know, anything you want. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could change it up song by song. What percentage is streamed where? So I think like, from the self-hosting and the um, self-ownership and self-publishing of all of this uh, different work, the implications and the, the the way that this can go about is really endless. The possibilities are endless. Yeah. The next step, and I'm not there yet, it's, it's not going to be in the alpha version of uh, Bobcat Feeder, but is the podcast taxonomy project. That's where you can have the person tag... And you can have the role, and it has a whole list of different roles. And one of the roles is songwriter. Oh, and I okay. think in Bobcat Index, songwriter might actually be mandatory for every track. Um, that's a very cool idea. It, it, because that's something that's always... It's, if you're a musician and you try and do a cover song, well, it's easy if you just go out on the street and you play a cover song, no one bothers you. If you start right. busking, no one cares. But if you start looking into what do you really have to do to do a cover of a song it it becomes very complicated very fast because you either have to go with one of these performing rights organizations and find out uh, who the songwriter is some of these songs might be in copyright but it's not clear who the songwriter is or it might not be or if they're dead it might not be clear who actually holds the rights to them and so there's services where they're just research services i want to cover this particular song i don't know who owns it you know if you pay these guys, they'll go research it for you, and they'll, they'll tell you who to negotiate with, and they'll get you the phone number and email and stuff. That sounds so like a fun job. It's such a pain in the butt. Um, I think that songwriter, be- just because of the way rights work, every song has a songwriter at some yep. level. Um, I, I guess not every song. You know, sometimes there's procedurally generated capital M music, you know. Sure. But it's... I'm thinking that's going to be the minimum songwriter. And they also have a bunch of roles for everything else. Like the, if you're going to play an instrument on it, you might also be the songwriter, but you might also play instruments on it or uh, be part of the production staff. There'll be a way to put all that in and associate value tags with all of those. And hopefully one of the things Bobcast, Bobcat uh, Feeder does is it sorts that out properly so that 
you can say, here's my project, here's the roster of people, and then I'm going to assign them to these roles on these. So, you know, the guy who plays trumpet on tracks two and seven can get his proper credit and his proper split if he uh, if he gets one. I love the, I mean, it's so wild. This whole time I've been able to see all of this stuff on the horizon in the future, but the path to how to get there is just what's really murky and that I'm not sure of. And I really don't have the coding savvy. Um, <laughs> I just barely do anything. Yeah. I took a C-sharp boot camp. That's about as deep as it got, <laughs> you know. C-sharp. Yeah. Oh, man. I even I used C-sharp back in, I don't know, 2008 or nine or something like that. It's the last I ever touched it, really. I don't know. Actually, I've been back for, was it Unity uses that? Is that right? It may, it may well. I don't know. Some of those game engines. Uh, I, I went into uh, game dev mode a little while ago, and I was playing with all these engines. You use C sharp in some of those, but the uh, music's been coming along, though. I mean, there's progress being made every week, so uh, that's all you can ask yep. for. Uh, no doubt, see. no doubt. I sent you some notes, some feedback on uh, drumming. On oh, physically? Well, no, it was these. Uh, the, uh, the images I sent you of the lollipop uh, rose. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the uh, with my kick drum, it doesn't really have the uh, dynamics to... Yeah. I don't uh, know what to do about that. I presume you're not just hitting the, the kick pedal as hard as you can 100% of the time. That, that no, doesn't seem likely it's, to me. Uh, it's, it's definitely... <laughs> it varies with my foot, but I think all of the variations are... It must be over 100% or... Yeah. Uh, I think what's more likely is that uh, the virtual instrument that I happen to be using in Reaper is just uh, really sensitive on what it what it takes mm. for the input. There are some weird things with the MIDI messages that you sent me. Now, now that I'm getting deep inside them, sometimes there's duplicate kick drums, and I'm sure they're on other uh, hmm. drum heads too, but they'll be... Occasionally, and I didn't notice until I started putting in the dynamics, I'd notice there's actually, you can hear the phasing error of two different kick drums triggered at the same time huh. uh, with slightly different, um, uh, there's slightly different recordings because of the way the software works. And so they, you can hear the phasing error between them. Interesting. And I, as soon as I started hearing it, I realized that sometimes, maybe randomly, I don't know what causes this, when you hit that kick drum pedal... It creates mm -hmm. two MIDI note starts and two MIDI note ends. And I don't know wow. why. So it's like it needs uh, a debounce circuit or something in there. I don't know. That's very weird. So I did, I did notice, and you won't be able to notice this on your end, but sometimes I'll kick and it'll be a dead kick. Like it doesn't sense it at all. Huh. So it drops sometimes. I would say maybe, I don't know, 5% of them or something. This is weird. But that's too many, you know. Five percent of my kick notes is way too many. Yeah, you don't want to drop one if it's uh, if you're no. recording a song. You can I hit am. all those. Yeah, absolutely. I want to have a missed beat somewhere. I'm still uh, my whole air conditioner slash getting my vehicles running journey <laughs> distracted yeah, me from uh, uh, arriving at a MIDI cable. So there, so I'm still. I, I understand I'm you still had to. On a hunt. You had to get a new flux capacitor for your truck. Is that what happened? Uh, the flux capacitor was for the, uh, the air conditioner, yeah, funny enough. Um, yeah, it's just like a start capacitor. It, apparently it's the most common failure of air conditioning units. Yeah, um, it starts both the fan and the condenser and it's a very cheap part. 
But if you happen to lose yours on a Sunday, all of the parts supply stores are closed. Hmm. And then everyone else that you can call who works on air conditioners will only come and put one on for you and charge you an emergency fee since it's a Sunday. Huh. So uh, no, no one was willing to actually sell me the capacitor. So your uh, SOL. Well, you yeah. know, uh, I don't know what the value was. If it was uh, small enough, I don't know if you'd want to do it. You can always do the. Uh, I don't know how you how you do this without the right equipment to measure it, but. Uh, you do the aluminum foil with saran wrap, make your own, wrap your own, roll your well, see, own. Ned, Ned was trying to convince me to jam some toothpicks into the relay switch. Oh, that's weird. Uh, Why? Why would you do that? To, I guess, just keep it the relay switch open? I don't know. I didn't even... I was so... I was already so honed in on what I needed, and I was also so lost on what he was trying to say would work that I was like, you know what, I'm just going to wait, you know, 16 more hours until the place opens and then I'm going to go get it. Yeah. $8. Oh, cool. Was the part. So let me ask you the question. Did you buy yeah. two? I did. Yeah. Good. Good man. Yep. Good man. Yep. I bought two. Never again. <laughs> Never again. Uh, yeah. Always good practice. You the operational spare. If you don't have an operational spare, you're a... Uh, you're a uh, solar storm away from uh, destruction. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Man. Yeah, I haven't had to run into any of that out here. I had the AC was off for most of the last week. I had the door open with the fan blowing in. Little oh, box fans nice. blowing in. In fact, once the, the hurricane, uh, by the time it hit us, it was a tropical depression. Right after that went through on Wednesday, it cooled way down here. It was like in the 60s. It was Ooh, nice. That sounds great. Yeah. It's like the ideal temp in the 60s. I love oh, that. Yeah. yeah, I it was just my own neglect on the AC. I let the I let my mowed grass get all built up around the outside of the mm. condenser blades and you know. Then then the heat wave came through, so it was on all the time, plus it was really hot outside, plus it was not getting enough airflow. Yep. And it was just the perfect storm bubbled up and uh that's 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 what I get. That's what I get. Yeah, so as far as uh, music goes, I got a version of Willow Brown off to Fletcher. He said he wants to do bass on it, so. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw that. I sent him a version with vocals and without vocals. Uh, I don't know what's easier. I'm still learning how to do this. Yeah. Um, I presume the without vocals will be easier to play bass against. That's my assumption. Uh, but I sent him the with vocals one, too, in case he wants to try it. So we'll see what he uses. I find, you know, and I'm just mainly from the percussion perspective, but I find that like the more versions I have, maybe something triggers some kind of inspiration. You know, I like to listen to like all types of versions. Um, and then that gives me the best idea. Yeah. But uh, I do, I do also like drumming when their vocals are involved too. I'm going to do more edits on that one uh, while Fletcher's working on it. I went through most of the different drum heads on there. I didn't do all of the metals yet, and especially the uh, the hi-hats. Sure. In, in fact, that's the thing that bothers me the most about the drums track on there right now is right at the beginning, there's, uh, I think there's five, or it might be eight uh, hi-hat kind of hits in a row, and they all fizz way too much for the beginning gotcha. of the song. They're, they're, it's another case where they're just, it's 100% velocity. You know, yeah. the velocity message is 127, which is as high as it goes. And so every single hit sounds the same-ish. 
and they all have that fit, um, like the hiss. Because um, what what happens when you record cymbals through a uh, and run them through a compressor a little bit? What happens is when you hit them hard enough, they kind of hiss like a cat. You right. Know, where you hear that kind of way up at the top end, mm-hmm. and that's the you hear it louder than anything else when you hit them really hard. And so what, what I'm looking for, I think, is the the ting 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 kind of more of that sound and less of that. Tss. Gotcha. The, you know, it kind of. Hearing you say that, it kind of just occurred to me too that on these, on these rubber pads, I may just be having some weird compensation thing where I'm, I'm hitting a piece of rubber rather than an actual you know, metal symbol, hmm. and so I kind of feel more comfortable slamming on it. And maybe, maybe if I just like focus on backing off and playing it super quietly, maybe that will solve some of the velocity issues that we're having. Most MIDI controllers also have, uh, sometimes they call it a sensitivity, sometimes they call it an acceleration. Um, I can't remember what they call it. On this Casio keyboard, for example, you can change it so when you hit the key really hard, or let's say you hit the key at a, at a medium, um, with a medium force, you can kind of scale that so you can scale it up so, so that might be just the minimum force to, to make the quietest note, or you can scale it down to make sure that when you hit it at the medium force, you know, it plays as loud as you can. Basically, you're adjusting how sensitive the the keys are to... You know, what you're doing is you're mapping real force, you know, how much, how many newtons are being applied to the key to the MIDI message. So you're scaling it to be between, be between 0 and 127. Gotcha. And so yeah. there's hardware levels adjustments are possible on these instruments, on the, on electronic instruments. And it might be that you just need to dial that forward or back or something. I'm going to pull down the um, user manual for this kit again because I know that there are MIDI settings like that uh, buried in the settings there. They're standard as far as I know on every MIDI instrument I know. So they've got to be baked in there somehow. Yeah, I'll just have to teach it, like, <laughs> this is the softest I'll ever hit you. <laughs> uh, uh, you told me a fantastic uh, joke the other day when you kind of first broke it to me. <laughs> I was coming in too hot. Oh, yeah. About the uh, the classic uh, band director to the percussionist. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think we need to work... <laughs> I think we need to work on dynamics, and the drummer says, well, I'm already hitting them as hard as I can. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, that really hit home with me because I, I definitely feel that. <laughs> yeah, and if you look at, maybe I should put that lollipop graph in the show notes just for people to look at. Uh, yeah, I'll see if I can do that on our host. I use Buzzsprout um, to host this show, and I'm going to see if I can put a an image in the show notes easily. Could be a, ch- a chapter image. Mm, well, maybe. I'll see if they support. I'll see what they support. I can't remember. It got kind of wonky putting some things in that I wanted to once upon a time. So we'll, we'll, I'll see if I can put them in. But if you look at the the one with the dynamics, you can see where it's actually during the verses, everything is kind of really lower level, you know, and then you only have a couple drum hits that are, we're only really looking at the kick drum in that image, but there's only a couple of them that, that are all the way up at the top and they're just right at the chorus, you know, the first four beats in the chorus, if I yeah, recall correctly. That makes sense. I'm thinking about it now and I'm like... Because yeah. I think that's the, when I'm transitioning to the chorus, that's like the only thing going on. Yeah. And so I'm like stomping it pretty much full. Yeah. And the snare, the snare, not, none of them were as bad as the kick drum. The snares had a little bit of the machine gun effect in there and I, I 
backed that off and did some things to make it better. But when the uh, all the hits are the exact like some of the rolls, um, we're coming at it as the exact same velocity too. So hmm. when you do a drum roll, you're expecting um, you're expecting a lot a little of variation. Bit of, yeah, yeah. It's it's not going to be. 10 hits at the exact same velocity it's going to go right you know it's going to build up and then kind of maybe peak at the uh the one count of the measure or the four or the three count of the measure depending on you know where you are right yeah that's what that's what i want to hear because i'm trying to produce this thing and i i don't know how we get the. i'm sure you play differently from how it's recorded in midi because no human plays the way that the midi file says yeah you did so um i i definitely want to try and open up the top end because i mean that 127 you really should only be hitting when you're putting absolutely everything into it which uh maybe there's one little part of the song where i do but frankly most of the song is not me going full blast you know it's not yep. it's not 127 percent. i can tell you yeah so oh well it's stuff to look at i i'm learning as i go on this stuff too so when, when i see stuff like that i'm just gonna keep telling you yeah that's that's the only way to figure it out for sure um we got a couple other tracks i think you were gonna do drums on oh god what was it uh, monday ghost is what i'm knocking the rust off of right now monday ghost indeed do you have then, a clean uh, render like, of that? Mm-hmm. Do you have a render of that? From I don't. Ghost? Let me I send don't. you one uh, okay. before I go to bed tonight. I've just kind of been, you know, practicing on the uh, project file, but I don't have a full render of it. Yep. Let me uh, do that. If you want to give me that and like wine, those are kind of my two that I have in my hopper. Yep. I'll render those out um, as soon as I'm done with this episode, and then uh, I'll post them on NAS. Or I'll send awesome. a DM, DM them to you on NAS. Perfect. Cool. Uh, do we get any other business? Uh, that pretty much catches me up. Sounds like it's just starting to rain here in All FEMA right. Region 7. All right. The rain comes pouring in. Uh, let's uh, close this episode of Ablecraft. Until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. And I've been Sir Spencer. 